Welcome back to the MedBullet Step 1 podcast. In this episode, we go over the topic of carbon monoxide poisoning from the respiratory section on MedBullets.com. Let's start this episode with a clinical snapshot. A 25-year-old woman is brought to the emergency room by her boyfriend after being found unconscious in her car in the garage while it was turned on. He reports that he is unsure, but less than an hour had passed since he saw her in their kitchen. He denies any knowledge of suicidal ideation on her part. Her pulse oximetry is normal. Upon evaluation by the emergency medicine physician, she regains consciousness and reports a slight headache. She appears confused initially. After administration of 100% oxygen, she is alert and oriented to person, place, and time and reports feeling better. This is a case of carbon monoxide poisoning. Let's now get into the topic. Let's first begin with an introduction about this topic. In terms of a clinical definition, carbon monoxide poisoning results from exposure to carbon monoxide resulting in hypoxia. With respect to the epidemiology and incidence, it is the leading cause of death from unintentional poisoning. It is common in industrialized patients. Risk factors include use of charcoal, gas or petroleum, wood-burning heaters, cooking in poorly ventilated areas, building fires, smoke inhalation, motor vehicle exhaust, and exposure to methylene chloride or paint thinners, which is metabolized into carbon monoxide, which causes delayed carbon monoxide poisoning. With respect to the pathogenesis and mechanism, carbon monoxide displaces oxygen from hemoglobin through competitive inhibition. This causes a left shift of the oxygen hemoglobin curve, leading to decreased delivery of oxygen to tissues. It binds to cytochrome oxidase and disrupts the electron transport chain. It increases lipid peroxidation in the central nervous system. An associated condition of carbon monoxide poisoning is cyanide poisoning. With respect to the prognosis, it is worse with very young or very old age. It is also worse with prolonged or intentional exposures. Let's now discuss the clinical presentation of carbon monoxide poisoning. Symptoms include headache, lightheadedness, nausea and vomiting, and improvement when removed from the exposure. Physical exam findings include normal pulse oximetry, tachycardia, dyspnea, altered mental status including confusion, and cherry red skin, which is a late finding of carbon monoxide poisoning. Let's now discuss the diagnostic studies used to diagnose carbon monoxide poisoning. On pulse oximetry, normal oxygen saturation level would be shown. Labs would show an increase in carboxyhemoglobin levels, increased lactic acid, and increased troponin. Carboxyhemoglobin levels must be assessed before supplemental oxygen is administered. This includes arterial blood gas, venous blood gas, and portable carbon monoxide oximetry devices, not regular pulse oximetry. Diagnostic carboxyhemoglobin levels must be greater than 3% for non-smokers and greater than 9% for smokers. The increased lactic acid level is due to the decreased delivery of oxygen to tissues. 
The increased troponin level is the result of carbon monoxide poisoning that may cause myocardial injury due to relative hypoxemia. With respect to making the diagnosis, the diagnosis is based on clinical presentation and laboratory studies. A carboxyhemoglobin level of greater than 20% is diagnostic. In terms of a differential diagnosis, the main differential to consider here is cyanide poisoning, and the distinguishing factor is increased lactic acid and the fact that it does not respond to oxygen therapy. Next, let's discuss the treatment of carbon monoxide poisoning. The management approach involves removing all sources of carbon monoxide from the patient and administering 100% or hyperbaric oxygen. Medical treatment involves 100% oxygen and hyperbaric oxygen. The indication of 100% oxygen is as first line and to displace carbon monoxide from hemoglobin. It decreases the half-life of carbon monoxide in most patients from 4 to 5 hours to 1 hour. It decreases the half-life of carbon monoxide from methylene chloride from 13 hours to 6 hours. The indication of hyperbaric oxygen is as second line and is used for persistent altered mental status despite 100% oxygen administration. It is also used in pregnant women, children, and methylene chloride as the cause of carbon monoxide poisoning. Finally, in terms of the complications of carbon monoxide poisoning, the two main complications are myocarditis and acute respiratory distress syndrome. Okay, so now that we've gone over the major points about this topic, let's go over one question to apply the information and get a sense of how this topic has been tested on past exams. A 10-year-old boy is brought to the emergency department with a 3-hour history of headache, nausea, and slurred speech. His mom says that they were on the first day of a camping trip when he began to complain of these symptoms. He appeared to feel better while hiking during the day, but the symptoms returned in the evening and quickly got worse. Of note, the mother states that she and her husband experienced similar symptoms, but to a lesser extent. On presentation, his temperature is 99 degrees Fahrenheit or 37.2 degrees Celsius, blood pressure is 111 over 71 millimeters of mercury, pulse is 112 per minute, and respirations are 19 per minute, saturating 99% on room air. Intravenous saline is administered, oxygen is started, and labs are drawn. After about 60 minutes, he begins to feel significantly better. Which of the following is the most likely underlying etiology of this patient's presentation? 1. Competitive binding to heme. 2. Cytochrome oxidase inhibition. 3. Ferric form of iron. 4. Hypoxia. Or 5. Non-competitive binding to heme. And the correct answer choice is answer choice 1, competitive binding to heme. This patient who presents with headache, nausea, and mental status changes only while indoors and with family members with similar symptoms most likely has carbon monoxide poisoning. Carbon monoxide displaces oxygen by competitively binding to heme. Remember, carbon monoxide is produced by partially oxidizing carbon in poorly ventilated stoves, wood-burning heaters, fires, and motor vehicle engines. 
This odorless gas can then diffuse into red blood cells and displace oxygen from hemoglobin, leading to systemic hypoxemia. Since this site of competitive inhibition is the same as that for physiologic oxygen binding, pulse oxygen saturation will falsely be normal. Serum carboxyhemoglobin levels can distinguish this competitively bound form of hemoglobin and are used to make the diagnosis. Administration of 100% oxygen decreases the half-life of carbon monoxide binding from 5 hours to 1 hour and is usually curative. Let's now review the incorrect answer choices. Answer choice 2, cytochrome oxidase inhibition or cyanide poisoning can also occur in fires, however cyanide poisoning would not resolve with oxygen administration and usually presents with cardiovascular instability and a quote almond breath odor with a severe lactic acidosis. Answer choice 3, ferric form of iron or methemoglobinemia can lead to headache, lightheadedness, and fatigue. However, this disease is commonly caused by exposure to nitrates, anesthetics, dapsone, or contaminated food. The fact that this patient's symptoms abated when he was outdoors but resumed when he went indoors at night suggests carbon monoxide is more likely. Answer choice 4, hypoxia can lead to headache nausea, and mental status changes. However, hypoxia is unlikely given the normal oxygen saturation and the lack of existing pulmonary disease. The hypoxemia and decreased oxygen delivery seen in this patient is better explained by competitive inhibition of heme binding sites. And finally, answer choice 5, non-competitive binding to heme would occur with a poison that binds at a distinct spot from the physiologic substrate carbon monoxide functions as a strong competitive inhibitor instead. In summary, carbon monoxide causes hypoxemia by strong competitive inhibition of oxygen to hemoglobin binding. And that's all for this review about carbon monoxide poisoning. Hopefully that was helpful. This is the MedBullets Step 1 podcast, a daily audio review session by MedBullets, the free learning and collaboration community for medical student education. Keep in mind that these podcasts are designed to go along with the topics on MedBullets.com, and in fact, you can listen to these episodes right on the MedBullets website or mobile app while going through the topic. If you've gotten any value from these MedBullets Step 1 podcasts so far, please consider leaving us a 5-star rating and writing us a review on Apple Podcasts. It will help us spread the word and increase our discoverability tremendously. Also, if you are not already, be sure to follow MedBullets on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter for daily high-yield content. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you all tomorrow, right here on the MedBullets Step 1 podcast.